Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. It is October 1st. It's the first Friday of October, and that means another Can You Dig It episode. So I'm going to answer just a couple of questions this month, um, one that came from a local gardening group that I am in and one that came from one of our listeners. And I will also touch really quickly on what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into this month's Can You Dig It episode. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. So the first question comes from Annie and she posted a photo and said, found this while digging up my irises. Anyone know what this is? And in the picture, you can see something that looks like a bright yellow um, head of garlic. And in fact, it's not garlic. Um, it is in the garlic family. It's actually a lily. And if you remember going back to uh, let's see, episode 40, we talked about uh, garlic. It is in the Liliaceae family, uh, just like our, um, our lilies that we grow for the flower. Now, lilies actually are edible. Um, they are in the genus Lilium, and uh, they are all herbaceous flowering plants. They're all grown from bulbs with all these big, large, prominent flowers that you're used to seeing in gardens. But they have been foraged I haven't done any kind of an episode yet on foraging edible wild plants because it's not something that I do and it's not something that I know a whole lot about. So just like anything, you never want to eat something if you don't know uh, for sure what it is that you are foraging or you are eating. Um, but yes, daylilies, um, canna lilies, the conventional you know, daylily tubers, they're all edible. Um, you just want to make sure that you know what they look like and you know what the difference is between a lily bulb and an iris bulb. Uh, because this person, Annie, was digging in her iris bed and came across this lily bulb. And irises are in a completely different family than the, they are in the Iridaceae family. And the bulbs of irises are actually poisonous. So you don't want to get those mixed up. And I may try to do an episode or maybe have a, a guest on who knows much more about foraging for some of these wild edibles because, uh, you know, a lot of the history of that is is really, really interesting. I know Native American tribes, um, 
used uh, trout lily um, for for different things. Um, they did use canna lilies. Um, at least I know in in the Northwest, they uh, because they have a really high starch content. Uh, they were cooked like potatoes. So all kinds of interesting things about uh, lilies and uh, lily bulbs and you know, all kinds of other wild edibles too. So that might be a, a different episode that I do later on. But yeah, if you are digging in your flower bed and you come across something that looks like garlic, but you didn't plant any garlic, it's possible that it is a wild garlic type and very possible that it is a lily. Now, the second question was sent in by Vanessa and it says, I want to try saving my own seeds this year from my garden. When do I do this? What I mean is, do I wait until everything is done at frost time, or do I start now? I'm in zone 7B. Thanks for any help. Love the show. Vanessa. Oh, good. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm glad that you love the show. And I am super excited that you are talking about um, saving your own seeds, because that's actually what next week's Garden Talk Tuesday episode is going to be about. I'm going to talk about saving seeds, how to save your seeds, um, when is a good time to start saving those seeds, um, and a lot of the different uh, mistakes that people make the first time they attempt to save their own seeds. What I will say uh, during this episode is kind of a precursor to that Tuesday episode will be um, you can start saving your seeds at any time that the plant that you are trying to save the seed from is mature. That means something different for every type of plant. For example, with your tomatoes, um, you would want to save the seeds from a tomato that has gone fully ripe and maybe just past being fully ripe uh, to ensure that the seeds are mature and are full and are viable. And that's when you would want to save those seeds. And you also don't want to save just like the little tomatoes. You don't want to eat the best ones and then save the seeds from the little wimpy ones because all that's going to do is propagate the genes of a little wimpy plant. You want to, I mean, as, as tempting as it is to bring the big, beautiful one in and use it in your dish, you actually want to bring the big, beautiful one in and use that one as the one that you save your seeds from. Um, the same thing goes for, uh, say, bell peppers. You want to wait until those peppers are fully mature and maybe just beyond mature on the plant. Um, oftentimes, that means waiting until it gets to whatever color it is supposed to be. Um, most green bell peppers are actually immature, so it's possible that if you save the seeds from the bell pepper, it is not actually mature and they may not germinate at that point. You want to wait until it's actually gone to uh, to whatever color it's supposed to be. Same goes for your hot peppers. Um, cucumbers, squashes, anything in the squash family, zucchinis, um, you want to wait until you you have gotten a mature specimen. Again, um, you know, zucchini and such, we generally are harvesting those when they are immature. So let one of those big baseball bat sized zucchinis go and let it do its thing in your yard or in your garden. And, and then once you harvest it, um, those, those seeds should be mature enough to be able to give you a crop the next season. Now I'm talking about the fruiting plants that are in your garden. Those are kind of easy to tell. And you can, like I said, pick those pretty much any time throughout the season. But if you're talking about things like legumes, peas, beans, if you want to save the seeds from those, you have to leave them on the vine or on the plant until they are way beyond their maturity. So for example, if you are growing sugar snap peas, 
we pick those pods when they are very young and they're tender and they're snappy. But in order to get viable seeds out of them, you need to leave them on the vine until they're basically bone dry. And then you can pick them off and uh, and store them up. And I will talk in that, in that episode next week all about you know how to dry them, how to make sure that they're dry, how to store them. Um, but just know that you're not going to want to save the seed out of a pod of peas, whether it's sugar snap peas or the shelling peas that are still nice and tender and, and edible. You really don't want them in an edible state at that point. The same thing goes for your bees, whether your bees, <laughs> the same thing goes for your beans. Um, whether you're growing a bean for a green bean, and that's a little bit of a misnomer because by when we say green bean, we don't mean just a green colored bean. We mean green as in immature. doesn't matter if it's yellow or purple or spotted or whatever. It's green. It's a green bean because it's immature. But in order to be able to propagate those seeds the next season, you want to leave them on the plant, whether it's a bush or if it's a vining, um, you know, uh, climbing type of, of bean, leave it on the plant for as long as you possibly can and let it dry that way and then collect it and bring it in. Um, the same thing goes for things like um, sweet corn, you know, you have to really leave it out there until it has dried on its own. You're not going to be able to, to get the corn. Um, and it's going to be difficult to do too, because a lot of the time you have critters that try to get into it. So corn is not generally something that I save the seed from. Um, but if you want to give it a try, you have to let it stay out there. You have to let it get over mature and then to the point where it starts to dry on the cob. And then you have the things that don't produce actual fruit. If you want to save seeds from something like a broccoli or a cabbage, you can't harvest that. You have to let it do its thing. And generally speaking, that means the second season is when you're going to get the seeds from it, uh, at least with cabbage. Cabbage doesn't flower until the second year. Broccoli, however, if you just let the head sit out there, uh, it will go ahead and, and open up and you'll see flowers come. And then after the flowers have um, died back, you should see um, the seeds on there. But again, it's a very long process. You have to let it go ahead and go to maturity. And then sometimes you have to be protecting those things too to keep the wildlife from getting to them. You know, the, the, the birds like to come down and pick the seeds. Uh, same thing goes with your herbs. The herbs, you just basically let them go to flower and then uh, and then let them go to seed. Dill is one that's usually really easy to tell when it's ready to go. You leave those flowers, you leave the seeds on the the stalks on the flower heads um, until they are completely dry. Same thing with cilantro. You get coriander that way, and that's also how you plant next year's um, cilantro. Honestly, I actually don't even collect our cilantro seeds once I'm done harvesting for the season. Um, I just let them go to flower, go to seed, and just reseed themselves right back in the same spot again. Um, that's one thing that I'm not too concerned about doing a crop rotation with. Same thing with dill. I just let it go ahead and drop its seeds, and it's very prolific, and it will come back again uh, the next season without a problem. So I don't even actually save those seeds. Um, but, you know, one of the problems with some of these ones that aren't fruiting, that you actually have to wait until they go to flower and they go to seed, is again, you're battling the wildlife, but then you're also kind of battling the timing because if you wait too long, they may drop 
and you don't get to save them all, or you're out there trying to pick them up off the ground or the wind, you have a really bad storm and the wind is blowing them all over the place and you lose all of the seeds. So if you see that there's something that you want to save the seed from that is not a fruiting type, it's a, it's one of these, you know, dried seeds. Um, those little organza gift baggies that you can find in the dollar store, um, or the tool bags, um, that you can get like in any, I don't know, craft supply place, whatever. Those are really handy. Um, if you can just kind of tuck them over top of the flower heads that are drying, um, keep the, you know, the seeds contained, but then don't be trapping in any of the, the heat or the moisture, the humidity, um, in within there that that'll protect them. And it'll keep some of the, um, birds and, and wildlife from getting to them. It'll also keep them from blowing away in the wind or dropping prematurely back into your garden bed. So, um, I know a lot of information there, Vanessa, and, um, you know, all that to say, you know, start saving seeds whenever you see that the plant is at its maturity or the fruit is at its maturity. Um, you, you know, you could save those fruiting ones at any time, as long as that, that plant is mature or that fruit is mature. Um, but when it comes to the ones that are, you know, dry that, that come from flowers, you will have to wait until towards the end of that plant's growing season, whether it's a spring or a summer or a fall thing. And hopefully you're able to get to it before you hit your first frost. Now you're in zone 7B, which typically I believe your first frost date is around the same time ours is. So mid to end October, maybe. Um, so you've got a few weeks longer um, to be able to get out there and, and start saving your seeds. So hopefully Tuesday's episode will come in time for you to get some more information about how to save those seeds. So I appreciate you writing in. So that's it for this episode. Um, like I said, Tuesday's episode, we're going to dig really deep into uh, saving seeds. And uh, Friday's episode will also be a follow-up to that episode um, with some additional information that I really can't cover in, in one episode. Saving seeds is really a detailed process. It seems very straightforward, but sometimes um, you can get waylaid by things like moisture and humidity, uh, the types of seeds that you're saving. Um, we'll talk about the fermentation of seeds, which um, is actually a really good idea if you have seeds that sort of have that kind of sliminess to them, like a lot of your squash seeds, anything in the curcubit family. Um, those are ones that are a really good idea to ferment before you dry them and save them. And that's something that I actually um, didn't learn until not that long ago. Um, you know, and then the different ways that you can store your seeds and, and the like. So I think it's a good time to talk about that. And that episode is coming up or both of those episodes are coming up next week. So in the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous weekend in the garden and you will join me back here next week for Garden Talk Tuesday. Take care, friends. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. 
Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon. I'd like to thank my patrons over on Patreon for supporting this and every episode of this podcast. Patrons of this show get access to exclusive content on the Patreon page, bonus hotshot episodes, monthly live Q&A sessions with me, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. But above all, they get my undying gratitude for helping make this podcast possible and helping me reach for bigger goals like stipends for guests, improved software and equipment, bonus content, and more. If you'd like to support the show by becoming a patron and also receive my undying gratitude, head over to patreon.com slash just grow something or use the link in the show notes.